This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Hannah Parvas, Head of Growth at Curio. Hannah, welcome to the Business of Us podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really good to be here. Great. Awesome. Thanks for coming. So um, here's what's happening when you're wearing an app marketer's hat. You need to grow your app user base. There is no way around to make your app business sustainable except to connect your app with more and more people. You can, in fact, you should, apply app store optimization technique to drive app installs via search on the app stores, but then comes the next step, paid acquisition. Outside app stores, social media sites have been the best place to find new users for your app. Today, Hannah will tell us about how to run paid social campaigns to drive installs for your mobile app. But let's talk about you, Hannah, first. Tell us about yourself. How did you get into app marketing and uh, app growth business? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of fell into the app world purely by chance. But when I look back at it, it all makes sense somehow. But I got started out in the music industry. And from when I was a kid, I was helping throw parties and events in Manchester, um, where I grew up. Mm. And I moved down to London to, you know, follow the dream of working in music, which Mm -hmm. I did quite a while here working at a live music recording company and then a label and then an artist management and then finally at a live music discovery app and I'd always kind of been involved in the marketing side of things like in music so events PR sales web presence and after I started working at that app I figured that since I felt I was learning so much more from the tech side of things, like I was working a lot with the developers and a lot with like scaling that app like nationwide and like into new new countries and so on, I, I felt like I'd prefer to continue it in the tech side. And I've been working in startups for nearly 10 years now and mobile apps for seven, which is pretty wild. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Do you still keep your love for music, don't you? Completely. Yeah. I've always, it's always been my first, my first love. And, you know, I don't think that will ever go away. Yeah, that's, that's for life for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm curious to know what Curia does. Sorry, just couldn't <laughs> resist this poem. Uh, please tell us about the company and uh, a bit of its history. Of course. So, well, first and foremost, Curio is an audio platform. So we have a curated library of expertly written in journalism, which has been narrated by professional voice actors. So, so far we've worked with some of the best publications in the world because we partner with different publications to get that content. So we've worked with like the Wall Street Journal, Wired, the Washington Post, uh, the Guardian and so on. And we're scaling up our partners and, and the app itself really fast. And as an audio app, uh, we kind of fall into this kind of podcasting audio book kind of space, but we're not exactly that. Like, like, mm-hmm. a, like a book, every piece is written and published first, but because we're curating everything, we know that everything is packed with insight and we only pick pieces we think will be evergreen so that they can have a long shelf life. And on top of that, we're always doing our best to provide our listeners with stories about the topics which are kind of shaping the world or, you know, to give context to the news 
and what's happening in the news. And that's kind of exactly why we started. So our CEO, Govind Balakrishnan, used to work in strategy at the BBC. Mm-hmm. And while he was there, he like he he started to understand like the importance of audio. And that's why he founded Curio, you know, on the premise that audio is a better medium for learning. And, you know, our main goal is really to just help everyone understand the world better so that people can really connect with each other. Now, as I'm listening to you, I kind of, uh, I think I can guess what you're feeling about Apple News Plus service, which of this just launched <laughs> with the audio narration. You know, in general, do you see it your, it's, uh, as your competitor or just you're, you know, pretty confident in the, what you're offering to the to your audience and uh, Apple is Apple, but we're just going to go through this. and uh... Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been lots of kind of narration and like text-to-speech narration things in the past, but we're very like, we're very focused on like where machine meets human and all of our stories are narrated by people uh, rather than robots. And we think that's really important to like, we always pair, you know, the a piece that's been written by a woman with like a female narrator or like a person of color will try and like have a narrator who is also a person of color to read it so that we can, you know, connect the stories with, with the narrator and like make sure that they're as authentic as possible. We don't see Apple News as a competitor. We see them, you know, something else in the space and they're, they're focused on being a news app. It's called news, but we're more focused on, you know, journalism and storytelling and we we're not really about the fast news cycle yeah guys so you, you're great i wouldn't expect anything less from the guy who used to work from bbc i'm a huge fan of bbc <laughs> three documentaries about science mm. and bbc four as well so now you've been in business for a number of years like you said running campaigns for seven years it's pretty a huge amount of time being in this thing so I mean, your extensive experience of running app install ads on social media platforms. If you were to teach a class, like try to imagine, what would be your major highlights, how to prepare, launch, and run a campaign on Facebook and YouTube? Let's just focus on these two. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot. <laughs> I think I have a lot to say here. But when you're getting started, I always say that there are three main areas to focus on and you know get to grips with. So your product, your users, and your experiments. So the basics, first and foremost, are your products, your product. So it's going to be really hard for you to create an ad that works well if you haven't spent time refining your product. It's really important for you to know your app inside out. And you have to know yourself, like which flows users have to take to get to your core action and work on simplifying these. So as well as this, you can't underestimate how important the tracking is. So having Facebook and Google's, you know, pixel and conversion trackings in there. And it's really hard to get these just right and really easy to struggle with these. Like I definitely have, but having the pixel and conversion tracking in place is completely free and a really good place to start if you don't have the budget for, you know, an expensive analytics platform or BI tool. And finally, in regards to your products, uh, you have to make sure you know how you will measure success. So before you start advertising, make sure you know what your goal is. So do you want to, you know, direct traffic to your app store to test different versions of your listing and optimize? Do you want more purchases? Do you want more, you know, clicks to your website first to warm people up? Like make sure you outline this and continue to use the creatives that help you get to those specific points. With your users, 
Next, I can't stress how important it is to speak to your users. And, you know, you'd be surprised at how many companies aren't aren't doing that because it's so simple. Like the main focus of these conversations should really be about finding out which problem your product is solving for them and what they would be doing without you and why they chose you and how you can tap into that more. So as an example, mm-hmm. at Curio, when we were talking to people who were using the app, we found out, you know, it sounds obvious, but we found out that people like to use their phones whilst commuting. And people also want to make the most of that time, like use that time wisely. So that got us thinking about how we can, you know, use day-to-day activities in our creatives. And that's how we ended up with this creative, like of people like going down an escalator towards the underground, like which has become the most interesting person in the room. So this kind of taps into this like self-improvement, but also commuting and this, that, that creative has worked really well for us. So when your users tell you anything, you have to just keep asking them why. And once you finally find out the real reason they're using your product, start testing creatives that can best engage them and new people. And then finally, experimentation. So great ads need great design. And it's really important to work directly with your designers to brainstorm, try copy variations. And once you've started to run your ads and get results make sure you're catching up with them regularly to tell them you're learning so you can iterate and continuously like just be throwing new creatives and new creative directions in there so tell them what's worked what hasn't worked whether there were comments on the ads which ads got more you know engagement in terms of likes and shares and clicks and just remember that your designers want data too right great so you've mentioned the app store obviously paid social campaigns just don't exist in isolation. So you're driving people to an app store or Google Play. And for me, it says that the significant part of your campaign success actually hinges on how app is presented on the app store. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about that part for a moment. So what would you suggest app marketers to do in this regard? What they should do with the app copy they have on the app store to make the whole system work efficiently? Definitely. I mean, I think optimizing, and I I mean, I know optimizing your app store listing is imperative. So that's something that can be really hard if you haven't got many users yet, but there are lots of ways around that. And one of my things is that I always try strive to have a high comprehension score on the listing. So that basically means showing your listing to people and seeing like how much of your product they understand from it. So just as an example, another one, when I joined Curio, I went out literally into London with my phone and showed our app store listing to people on the street Mm. to find out what they thought of that, the listing and what they thought the app did. Uh And because there weren't too many people using it when I joined, so there there weren't a lot of people to talk to about it. So when I went out, I originally had a 10% comprehension. So I had people saying that they thought the app was perhaps something to like an event planner or like something to make your phone screen brighter because of some of the copy we were using. And over the course of a week, I just continuously went back, iterated with my designer, went out again, showed new people on the street, and we went up to a 90% comprehension, which then like trickles down into like when someone then downloads your app, how they how they understand what they're using and whether they'll sign up and, and start using the product once they're in. So yes, definitely is that's that's one thing that people can do and 
otherwise, you know, on Google Play, for example, you've got A-B testing, which is really useful to test different things out. But we always have to remember that people on iOS devices and people on Android devices respond differently to different things. So one thing that might work for iOS might not work on, on Google. But we have to also keep in mind that the higher up the funnel you are, kind of the more of an impact each user has. So if you're optimizing your click to install rate on the app store, you should really focus on education and comprehension, I always find, because then you're warming users up as they go deeper into your product. So a 1% lift on click to install will have like a much bigger impact than a 1% lift on anything else after install. So yeah, it's so important. I really love your idea about how to perform focus group testing. Until this moment, I thought you have to bring people to a room, sit them at the table, create the uh, set of uh, you know procedures for go, go through testing, but just go outside and uh, find random people to get their impression and their thoughts about your app. I don't think I can recall somebody was doing it before, but it's definitely effective to get an impression and uh, give an, an answer what is obvious to you is most definitely is not obvious for others other people who exactly. can be your, your users so that's that's the perspective you need completely because you know people on the street are essentially people on facebook like they're just completely right. random people that have never heard of your product and you're showing mm -hmm. it to them and getting their response firsthand and getting that anecdotal feedback is is so important now looking Back at your first steps at running ad campaigns on social, what would you suggest people who are about to run their first campaign? What mistakes should they avoid? I mean, there are so many, but one thing that like see that is really an easy one to forget, and that I see happening again and again, is that having too much text in your images can stop your delivery. So, Facebook, for example, says that they've got rid of their twenty percent text in the image rule. So Ads can still be approved technically, whereas before they'd get fully rejected. But now if you don't, if you do have a bit too much text, you'll somehow mysteriously won't get any serve and your costs will go up dramatically. And you know, that's that's a big thing. So always make sure that your creatives, the images have less than 20% text. Another is just kind of not knowing just how to use the platform and not playing around with it enough. I was recently speaking to a founder about about her her product and looking at her ads and their creatives. And she was showing me through their dashboard and was showing me that one of her campaigns didn't work well at all. And I asked her to just add a, one column so we could look at the return on ad spend. And mm -hmm. the campaign that she was telling me was performing the worst had a 21 times return on ad spend, which she never realized. And we were like, okay, let's turn this back on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, and then another, you know, just narrowing your audience too much on Facebook ads or something, because you might want to be very specific. Like you might want to target 22 year olds in Hackney who like have this job or something, but that the more kind of barriers you put in, the, the less, the more expensive your costs will go. So an audience ideally should have, you know, a couple million people in it so that the, the robots can do their learning and deliver well at, and at a good cost. <laughs> All right. That, that's great. So Today, when you run paid social media campaigns, what do you find the most challenging in running those campaigns? What what makes you to brainstorm the most? Mm. So I guess the thing that's most challenging when you're 
running a breadth of different creatives with different copies, with different audiences and so on is with so many variables is dealing with and reacting to how different audiences respond to different things. So the US might respond really well to one thing that the UK hates, like the US really like having credentials on your ads. The UK doesn't like that quite as much. And just keeping track of all these various things and various learnings without, you know, a complex data reporting stack can be a bit of a nightmare. So that is probably my most challenging thing. But I mean, aside from that, when you're in a small team, probably one of the other most challenging things is to kind of get creative regularly and keep changing your ads up to keep them fresh. All right. I see. You've just given me a nice segue to my next question, which is (laughs) when you're running paid campaigns on social, is it a teamwork? How How much operations can be handled by a single individual? How many campaigns or different apps do you think it's actually possible to juggle for a girl or a guy alone? What can you tell me about that? Well, I think everything requires teamwork in a startup unless you're somehow like a very talented magician. <laughs> you can't really run everything by yourself. Well, like for example, I have, although I have a really good eye for creatives that will work and won't work, I don't really flex well with designing. So I always need to work alongside a designer. Otherwise, these creatives just won't happen. Um, So I can, you know, point at a screen and say, this needs to move. But I I wouldn't be able to kind of create that in the first place to know that. But I think once you kind of get into the platform and you have your copy ready and your creative ready, I think it's fair to say one person can look after most things for quite a while. Although, I mean, it takes a lot of time. And... I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of a how long is a piece of string question because it all comes down to like which kind of app you have, what your goals are, what your spend is, and like what your creative cycle needs to be and like how many how many channels you're running on. So I think like at an early stage company, like you could find someone who is an amazing designer and also an amazing marketer who might be able to like run on one channel, but at the same time, they're not going to be able to scale across different different channels and different platforms. So yeah, it's hard, it's hard to do on your own. And yes, it's very much a teamwork. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, All right. Now we're in this uh, stage of the show where I'm, uh, I'm actually asking a few quick questions to my guests to paint a better picture of who they are. So (laughs) here, here are these questions. Okay. First you're using iOS or Android phones. I use iOS. Yeah. I've become a bit of an Apple sucker. From the day one, has you started using a smartphone? No, I actually, my very first phone um, was a Siemens phone. <laughs> I think it was a MC60 and it had, I think, one megabyte of memory <laughs> or something. <laughs> it could store like 50 or 100 contacts. It was, I mean, it was cool. It had a big cross on the front, but I mean, it wasn't quite as advanced. And then after that, I went on to Androids. I remember I had like a S3 or something like this, um, mm-hmm. like, ten year, like nine or 10 years ago. And then I've, then I had that phone stolen. And then ever since then, I've had I, iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice transition. You're actually the first person who mentioned Siemens. People just give me Nokia all the time. Like uh, when I'm asking what was the first mobile phone they're using, Nokia beats everything else. 
let's get back to 2020. What is your favorite app now, obviously, apart from Curio? Yeah, I mean, I use so many apps. So my favorite might be free trade at the moment. Like I just started getting into investing like a year and maybe a year ago or something mm -hmm. whenever free trade launched. So I've been kind of buying and buying shares on there uh, casually to see whether I can do that just on the side. I haven't put too, an, anything dramatic in there. And then also I've recently found this app called Letterboxd, which lets me track all of the films I've watched mm. because I watch a lot of films, but I've never been very good at like remembering which films I've watched, especially, you know, you, you go on like a long flight and you've watched four films and afterwards you tell someone, I watched four films and they're like, oh, what were they? They're like, I don't remember <laughs> any of them. So this is at least helping me like track what I've seen and letting me kind of know the things I like and dislike so that I can help help my memory. <laughs> nice. Let's uh, take a quick look into the future now. Uh, mm -hmm. What new app technologists are you most excited about? What are you waiting for in your iPhone to actually become a reality and uh, make it more efficient, make it more for you in your daily life? Yeah, I mean, I guess with iOS 14, there's a bunch of stuff coming up. So I'm pretty excited about the new widgets that are coming out. So that's going to be really exciting. And we have some pretty exciting things coming up in regards to that. And although I can tell you what I'm not excited about, <laughs> Apple's new <laughs> privacy tracking. <laughs> yeah, which... this is the, it's, it, it, it's been delayed as, as I far know. as I can hear heard. So yeah. people have more time to wrap their brands around. Yeah, I it's, it's 2020. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I hear you. That's 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 tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and know more about what you do? Yeah, well, I'd love to hear from anyone. I'm on the, you know, I'm on the internet, so you can Google me. My name is Hannah Parvaz. And add me on LinkedIn, really. That's probably the main way. So yeah, I'd I, if you I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions about anything I've said or yeah. Thank thank you. Thank you for listening. All right. That's cool. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. And, and that was Hannah Parvas, Head of Growth at Curio. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest-growing apps. You can find more app news, data, and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.